The Energy Matters to You podcast is a communication platform that features technologies and thought leaders working to advance energy efficiency. The Energy Matters to You podcast seek to connect buyers with sellers so that practical, cost-effective energy efficiency and sustainable energy solutions continue to gain market traction. Well, hello and welcome to Energy Matters to you. Leo Ryan here along with co-host Ron Galuli. Ron, happy winter. Yeah, good morning. As I look out the window, it is actually snowing out. Um, but I was able to get some snowboarding in last week. My daughter had some extra tickets because a friend couldn't go. So I got the nod. So that was a, that was a good take. Wow, that's, that, that's pretty great when your daughter allows you to go skiing with her, boarding with her. That's right. That's right. The cool thing. Well, good. And uh, work's been good? You still busy? Yeah, and uh, pretty excited. Um, the AEE uh, East and West combined event this spring, it's going to be a virtual event. It's, uh, I think, in April sometime, later in April. But uh, they gave us the nod to uh, speak at the event, event about electric vehicle program management. So I'll be speaking along with uh, Mike Pace, who has a lot of experience um, delivering EV infrastructure services in his prior role at Horizon Solutions. Good, good stuff. So yeah, good excited about that. Thanks and all. Well, good, we got a, a, another great guest here. Thanks for lining up. We got Ed Levine from uh, Clean Peak Energy. Ed Levine, Clean Peak Energy. Ed, great to have you on Energy Matters to you. Yeah, good morning. Thank you for uh, having us on. We're glad to say hello. It's a pleasure. Well, we always like to get a little background on, uh, on who our guests are, where they came from, kind of uh, what led them to the energy world in their current role. So why don't you give us a little background on uh, sure. how you got started and what you're up to? You know, we've been in the energy business for oh, probably 30 years now. So a while ago when our friends at Dominion bought a nuclear power plant in the state of Connecticut, you know, we uh, entered into a joint venture there and provided hundreds of thousands of customers of electricity customers to help them have a uh, balanced outtake for their plant on the retail side. So, uh, you know, we've done that to some several partners. And so, you know, what we're working on and having a discussion today about is our uh, you know, utilizing a building's thermal mass to become energy storage. So that's what we're, uh, you know, focused on. And we believe we can help a bunch of uh, organizations and companies and buildings to, uh, uh, utilize that uh, existing mass. Well, let's talk a little. Let's go. Let's go right to that. That's that's great. So, so um, I want to I want to mention Clean Peak Energy. Are there, are there broad services that Clean Peak provides? And, and so, excellent. So, what we focus on, Clean Peak Energy focuses on utilizing a building's existing thermal mass. That's the walls and the concrete without alteration or without cost to act as energy storage to become like a battery. But basically the, the technology is with the air conditioning chillers in a building, we will use the chillers to precisely choose set point strategies, using a pretty sophisticated calculation to charge the building or cool the building a few degrees on a large building that could be millions of BTUs to offset some of the higher prices that occur during the day as well as install capacity and gain some other value, as well as just daily general economic benefit. And so how long has, um, has this concept in, in the Northeast United States being, been used as using building as, a, as a, a thermal load? Sure, so we acquired the patent on it recently. You know, so that patent is you know, a, a technology that's been available, it's been researched at you know, a PhD level at the 
at MIT and Berkeley Labs. So the concept of the science is consistent. You know, built in concrete can, when you cool the surface, it will absorb some of that energy. And there's also multiple different surfaces in a building, such as desks and the carpeted surface and the sheetrock. They all have different absorption, maintenance, and uh, release capabilities. So we take a look and model the building to help a building owner without, and where the benefit comes in, there's no cost to the building for altering the building. There's no space requirement for this product. There's no permit required for this product. We're using their existing building and their existing air conditioning system. Interesting. Since the concept is very much part of that, the whole passive solar design concept, but I don't know that I've heard it monetized in a, in a current uh, utility sense. It's typically a, a first cost, life cycle cost analysis of a, a building's uh, thermal conditioning. But, uh, but you've taken it to a, to a much different level. So, you know, we'll incorporate arbitrage of the energy market, that off-peak and on-peak pricing, maintaining a reduction in the install capacity, take advantage of some of the ISO and utility demand response programs working as an additive to your current demand response programs. You know, so those are some of the, and then we can start working with the electric supplier to help when we reduce their install capacity, make sure that pass-through is working with them and some of the other economic benefits. And those are concepts that are generally not focused on aggressively because it's very few companies are using the building mass effectively to run more off-peak power. Yes. Okay. So let me just talk about that. Are there, are there other solutions that are similar or competitive to yours that are focused on uh, building mass as, a, as an energy source? Not that we're, you know, where, you know, some buildings will pre-cool their building, you know, and that's, a, you know, a concept just because they can't handle the load that's coming in the summer, you know, that the calculations are pretty scientific. So you got to be on the ball to really focus on this. And you got to make sure you're not spending more money. So, uh, you know, C our friends at Sea Power, they're the team we're working with. They're not aware of any groups doing this. You know, and even our friends at Constellation, you know, we've had conversations. They're very excited to work with us to, you know, help, you know, help their clients and help the buildings uh, to save money. Ron, let me just pull you in here. Um, this this seems like something that the utilities would want to play in, right? If you've got another element of the of the building that can can reduce load. Uh, the utilities want to know about it. So what are you hearing from the utility side in terms of um, clean peak energy solution? Well, they, the utilities locally here have very aggressive uh, demand response programs. Um, but I think the utilities in general are behind as far as digital connectivity to buildings. So this could be a step in the positive direction to be more um, uh, take take advantage of the data that's available either in buildings or building controls and look at different strategies to enhance their programs, such as their demand response programs. Um, so anyway, that's, that's where I see this being a big advantage for the utilities to, to move in this direction. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. You know, so, you would know, ask, you know, some misconception, I'll just kind of follow yeah, up perfect. You know, with that, you know, there's some people when they're managing a large building, they consider the mass to be a burden meaning that if you turn off your air conditioning at night on Friday night, Monday morning, depending on when you turn it on, the walls are still at the higher temperature if they, the building warmed up over the weekend. And that mass is a burden to maintaining temperature. We look at the mass as a benefit. You know, we'll be getting the building back to proper temperature and even the walls at that occupied period. So the one benefit also is we don't alter the occupied 
temperature. So you know, if the building says we want to be between 72 and 74 degrees, we'll stay within that period. In the nighttime before when it's unoccupied, we may drive down the building a few degrees. And we're not talking a large quantity of degrees, but in a big building, the math works out very well for that. Yeah, okay, good. And are there, you mentioned that there's no equipment upgrades or changes required on this, but I'm curious to know, are there, um, uh, are there opportunities to, to make changes in the, either the building envelope or the materials inside the building that will improve the performance? Using well, certainly, you know, certainly a building envelope or their equipment efficiency is a, a separate category that's certainly beneficial and would complement the building's capability. But what we're doing is not looking to do any capital expense. So we're very right. beneficial to when you're doing a chiller upgrade or an envelope improvement or energy efficiency, if it's required, like local law 97 is going to be asking buildings to become more energy efficient. And this is a solution potentially that building owners don't have to invest capital and get closer to their energy improvements. We also you know, are gonna be reducing CO2 emissions by driving more of the power consumption to the off-peak period where the grid is operating cleaner. And when the uh, uh, measurement and verification reports come in and we try to do a ASHRAE 14 standard where we have a partnership with Eaton on these uh, projects right now, it'll, they'll put in their revenue grade CT parallel submeters to monitor the uh, activities, to be able to produce not only the savings that are occurring, but identify that that could be for your demand response programs and also CO2 emissions that were reduced compared to the baseline. So we, we're gonna see some you know, nice opportunities for people. And you know, you'd ask me to add one more comment that this year we've received funding to help buildings reduce their CO2 emissions. That's that particular funding's primary directive. And what we can do in combination with uh, Eaton is for this particular year, this calendar year 21, 2021 now, for those buildings that uh, get on the system with us, we are offering this solution at no cost. You know, they'll be part of a case study, so we'll help identify the value that's being created, look for a couple different types of building uh, parameters, and so they'll get to keep all the value that's created, and they will not have to spend anything for our service or the Eaton metering or the daily measurement and verification. That's exciting. That's really exciting. I know that every town and state is looking at uh, you know, net zero type goals. There's a, there's a bill in front of the Governor Baker right now in Massachusetts to you know, position the state as a net zero state. I live in a community, Natick, where our, our uh, town government voted to align with the 2030 net zero goal. And so there's this scramble to find technologies that will make this a, a realistic target for, for all these communities. So it sounds like you've got a solution that, that aligns with that. We'd be you know, very happy in Massachusetts, a special benefit. There's a new clean peak reduction standard that tries to reduce the peak usage and it produces renewable energy credits that need to be uh, purchased and retired by energy suppliers. It starts at one and a half percent and going up to about, I believe, 15 or 16 percent you know, over the next several years. And we've been advised that our technology should be certified for that. So when we run our technology, in addition, the building can be creating or the solution can create renewable energy credits for this clean peak reduction standard. So we're uh, hoping to see uh, some Massachusetts friends uh, you know, participate as well. Outstanding, outstanding. Well, Ed, on, on energy matters to you, we're, we're always trying to uh, answer the question, take the perspective of like, how does a, a building owner, how does a business respond to the solution that steps forward? Because there's been solutions that step forward that just don't work. They're not practical. They, they have trouble getting to market because of real business issues. And, and I'm curious to, to ask you, like, 
Now, g- give me a scenario. What's what's a good client? What's a, what's a good type property? You mentioned some great partners, you know, Eaton and Sea Power, household names in the space. So you, you're making in some traction. But but tell us how does how does a project get launched, and what are the concerns of the building owner that you help to address? Sure. So what we're looking for is generally a building 100,000 square feet or larger to have the economics of scale be practical for everyone to get value. And what we're looking for is buildings that are occupied during the day and basically non-occupied at night. So if you're looking at a standard office building, that's usually very good because they have more activity during the day. A hospital association might have outpatient uh, facilities, not the primary hospital, but referring to a place where you might get an MRI or where it operates very much like an office building where people come in in the morning. Works very well in malls where those are active during the day, centrally controlled thermostats by the chillers. You know, so areas that you know, are not the perfect match are residential housing where everybody controls their individual thermostat and the temperature is a priority concern at night. You know, so where other activities that are warehouses, distribution centers, cold, uh, cold storage facilities, data centers where human comfort is a little bit of a secondary component at night. And so you know, we've had the conversations with the, you know, one of the world's largest retailers, the world's largest retail, I believe, in the United States with thousands and thousands of facilities. And, you know, they have an interest in comfort for their associates, you know, and because and we believe we're going to provide value because they have a light building, which doesn't have a lot of mass, but they have a lot of merchandise in the building. So we're actually turning the shelving and the merchandise into battery storage. Interesting. Yeah. And so all this comes at no added cost to the structure. So these are the type of buildings, you know, if you're, if you have people listening, they want to, you know, uh, get associated with us and apply for this, you know, we're, we'd like to get uh, buildings that we'd like to do a modeling of the building, have it up and running and the meters installed, you know, before May 1st of each year so that we can test and run the building, integrate to it and have the modeling ready for June 1st. So then it can operate. Interesting. And just as a goal, you know, we're targeting buildings that don't have an intense focus on this 25 cents a square foot. And then in addition, the demand response might add on another five cents a square foot. So we're talking about, you know, 200,000 to $300,000 per million square feet per year. Excellent. Yeah. With, with, with very limited, limited effort and cost, you know, there's no capital cost, you know, the, building need, we need to be able to communicate the thermostats. So if there's a building management system that they don't have the right to let the thermostats be controlled by third parties, there may be a cost from a third party, but if they have the right to let us adjust the thermostats or they're on a panel, those are uh, all set for us to work on. Excellent. Hey, Ron, anything else that um, you can think of that we, we need to ask Ed about? Yeah, Ed, I just wanted to, I mean, this would help the audience. We talked earlier about capacity charges. Uh, there's quite a few customers that really aren't aware of how that works and how much it really affects their bill. But your solution seems like an ideal um, service to help yes. mitigate capacity charges. And I think there's an education component with the customers and their suppliers as well. Um, but it seems like, yeah, an ideal service to help them out with that. You know, that, that is a substantial component where we can provide with what we call very low lift, meaning that it's easy to take advantage of that. That if you, you should not as a large building be running your air conditioning at full operation on the peak hour of the year, because that's when they set your capacity allocation for the entire next 12 months. And if you work with us and we know when that capacity hour is likely to be, we might have to do it a few times, but in advance on a building with average mass, 
we should be able to turn off your chillers 100% during that peak hour, which would reduce your install capacity up to possibly 50% compared to just letting your air conditioner run at full capacity during that one hour. And so at a bare minimum, that's what we're gonna do. And that's the, that's the, and that's a large quantity of funds. So I've been advised that's up to, depending on which year and which market we're talking about, 30% of your energy component of your bill can be install capacity. And you can drop that, you know, really for limited cost, conservatively 30 to 40 to 50%. Yeah, I would, I would think every mall would want to sign up for that no brainer. It's, it's, uh, it's so yeah. easy, you know, it's almost sad that we can't help more people, you know, yeah. so we, we need to get it out. So, and we'd be glad to, and then if you do that and you're on a fixed price for your uh, electric supply, you know, we would talk about getting a rider so you get a rebate for your reduction on a multi-year contract. So any reduction in your install capacity that helps the supplier, you know, make sure they're covered, they earn a little revenue, the a substantial portion should be reducing as a rebate your future fees. So, you know, those are things we can help consult with to help as part of this process. That's great. So uh, let's go right to who, who are the people that Peak Energy needs to, to speak with, uh, Clean, Clean Peak Energy. Uh, sure. is it and what, um, what role do they play? The facilities guy, the CFO, the, just give us a sense of uh, who's the right context. You know, there's kind of, you know, three different uh, tiers of people. So if there is an energy supplier that wants to help bring this solution in, that's one category that control. If there's an energy efficiency management company that's already engaged to help a building manage their energy and their efficiency, that's an excellent addition to their current performance contract. If there's a building that wants to reduce their costs, you know, the, whoever's responsible for implementing those services, it might be the CFO and it might be the building engineer or if you have a building management team that helps you, or you can kind of, some people farm that out when they don't have the expertise. So any one of those groups of people that have the interest to help a building, you know, reduce their costs and increase their energy efficiency. Perfect, great. And then Ed, just a final question here. You, do you, are there any um, uh, public things coming up, any trade shows you're gonna be at, any publications folks should look at or, and where, how else can they learn more about Clean Peak Energy? Well, we go to, you know, our site has a good deal of information and keeps updated. It's cleanpeakenergy.us. So uh, that's a great big place to find us. And uh, we're glad to you know, have discussions and uh, you know, get up to speed with some uh, folks that have some interest. Great. And, and, and the, uh, the Energy Matters 2 podcast is another spot. Absolutely. That That's right. <laughs> and we appreciate the, you know, the, the opportunity to say hello uh, to you, both Ron and uh, Leo, as well as your uh, participants or listening audience. Excellent. Appreciate it. Ron, anything else before we let Ed go? Uh, I just want to say, yeah, the Energy Matters 2 podcast, believe it or not, there's uh, folks in different, many different countries that listen to our podcast. Um, so we'll definitely help you get the word out. Thank you, gentlemen. Great, good. Well, there's, uh, as we always say, there's, uh, there's work to be done. Go make a difference. Thanks very much. We'll, uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Bye now.